Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We'd like to imagine that all relationships will have their happily ever after, but for so many couples, their fairy tale is cut short. Whether it's the incompatibilities stacking up, or maybe you just woke up one day and realized that you're just not happy and your partner is not working out and falling out of love can happen really easily. The question we're asking today is, can that connection be restored? Is the partnership doomed? That's what we're going to be exploring on 90 Day The Last Resort Sessions. What happens to a relationship when love fizzles or when it feels like it's just simply disappeared? Can sex and love be separated? And maybe most importantly, can you resurrect the love and happiness you once had? I'm Sukanya Christian. You can call me Suki. And this is 90 Day The Last Resort Sessions. 90 Day, the last resort resident therapist, Dr. Jason Pentegrast, is joining us to help us find out how to bring the love back into a relationship after it's gone downhill, knowing it may be time to call it quits. Dr. Jason, you know, we talk about love fizzling, but let's define that for our listeners today. What is love fizzling out? Well, the first thing could be the lack of affection. We start seeing couples are less intimate. The frequency has diminished. The satisfaction in the sexual relationship have fizzled. The communication is poor. Discussions turn into disagreements. There's a lot of arguing instead of conversing. So subtle changes become big problems eventually, and you start doing things independently than you do together as a couple. Let's talk about when someone tells you they love you, but they're not in love with you. What does that mean? Because it is brutal when you're on the receiving end, and it's also brutal when you have to be the person telling somebody exactly that. When I hear that, I think of three things. I think of body, spirit, and soul. When you're in love with somebody, you're in love with all those elements to them. Their physical body, no matter how they look, what they wear, they're beautiful to you. The soul, their emotional stability. Then, of course, there's a spiritual aspect. And spirituality, once again, doesn't have to be you going to church. It could be finding ways to connect on a spiritual level with one another. So when you're in love with somebody, you're looking at all those three elements and you're still in touch with those elements. But when you start loving people and not being in love, it's like you're loving certain characteristics. I love the fact that they do this, but I'm not in love with them. And you know what? Our 90-day couples in The Last Resort are dealing with a lot of those emotions. In fact, in your session with Kalani and Asuelu, Kalani really expressed how she felt after she and Asuelu, well, Asuelu cheated on her. (laughs) It really stuck out to me because it really highlighted the struggle that we often see in couples going through that whole breach of trust that you were talking about. Let's hear a snippet from that session and then we can talk about exactly what happened. I honestly just feel grossed out. I just think of his penis with somebody else. So then that just disgusts me. And then I don't want to do anything. When I found out what happened, Mm -hmm. I just like blocked off love to him because I'm afraid. You're afraid of what? Being hurt. What do you think about the cheating? Even though Asuelu says it's only physical, what does it do to Kalani? It's devastating. 
And, you know, I know Asuelu said, well, it's only physical. I hear some individuals say, well, as long as it's not emotional, as long as it's physical, I'm okay with that. It doesn't matter. It really does not matter. You're crossing the line. You're stepping out of the marriage, the relationship. Kalani has every possible reason to feel how she feels. And I'm sure she's thinking about all the sacrifices she made for him, all the guys that probably made advances at her that she turned down. Not only that, but the sacrifice, the time and the energy that she put into this relationship, she put into a sway loop. So she's hurt. And once you start to realize that you've done all these things and this person still hurts you, you put up walls. You don't want to go back to that place. You don't want to get hurt again. You know, to allow yourself to forgive somebody and move back into that space and then to do it again. Now you're like, I can't believe I allowed myself to do that. So I think she's really trying to protect herself from being hurt again. So I think Kalani is completely within her right to feel how she feels. And Asuelu just needs to take accountability. Regardless if it was physical, emotional, you stepped out, bro. Yeah. But why does Asuelu feel the need to make that distinction to her? Does it feel like it somehow justifies his infidelity? Yeah, absolutely. I think it gives him something to lean on, something that maybe she can say, well, you know what? Okay. Because it wasn't emotional. It was just physical. But Obviously, Kalani's not having it. So let's talk about when somebody actually cheats. How can you strengthen your relationship again? You have to really look at the foundation of that relationship. Uh, What is it really built on? Is it built on a friendship? Is it built on trust? And when you see couples go through adversity and they just, you know, hit it and run and they're they're off in different directions, that's an indication that it was not built in the right manner uh, with the right foundation. What couples, you know, obviously can do is to first identify and recognize the hurt and the pain, allow people to feel what they're feeling, validate their feelings, understand that they're hurting and you have to relate to what they're feeling at the time and give them that space to heal. It takes time. That's another thing that couples need to understand. It's going to take time. It's it's a marathon, not a sprint. And sometimes it could take years for that place of healing to show up. Sometimes it's sooner, but it really depends on the foundation that couple has. Let's talk about falling out of love and fear. A lot of people fear that falling out of love emotion. What does that bring up in us? It really can be connected to self-value, self-worth. People are in relationships for the wrong reasons. They need to be validated. They need to be reassured. And if you're seeking that from a relationship, you'll get ready for some dark days. Everybody is capable of falling, making mistakes, um, accepting or receiving the temptation around them and just making really bad decisions. You got to really love yourself. You got to focus on yourself and make sure that uh, you are in the right place to be in a relationship where you're not dependent upon somebody else's love and affection because everybody has a bad day. And what happens if that person has a bad day and all of a sudden you're not feeling it or, you know, you're afraid of moving on and and, and finding somebody else. So a lot of people stay in bad relationships because of that fear, the fear of being alone. The fear of being alone. All right. We're going to talk more about what happens when love seems to be falling out of a relationship. I know he like really wants to be with me and like he's trying so hard, but I just feel like we're in the friend zone. And how to know whether it's permanent or if it can be salvaged. Also, can sex and love truly be separated from each other? That's a big question. I'm Sukanya Krishnan. You can call me Suki. And that's next on 90 Day, The Last Resort Sessions. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sukanya Krishnan. You can call me Suki. And this is 90 Day The Last Resort Sessions. What happens when we feel we're no longer in love with our partner? Where did the love go? It's a feeling that no one really wants to experience. Whether you're on the receiving end of someone losing the connection or you're the one who has changed and just isn't feeling it anymore. There can be a myriad of reasons why you and your partner could fall out of love, some more distressing than others. We've been following the story of Kalani trying to forgive Asuelo for cheating and repeatedly during her marriage. But I want you to listen to something that Kalani said when she was having a heart-to-heart with her sister that I think is really telling. And then on the way back, I want to hear your thoughts on what she shared. I know he, like, really wants to be with me and, like, he's trying so hard, but I just feel like we're in the friend zone. And now he's wanting to romance me and do everything I've ever wanted for years when I shut that off. So I'm not, like, receiving it like I would have before all of that. What are you hearing when you hear Kalani say that? Well, first, Kalani and Asuelo are just amazing people. I really had the the pleasure of getting to know them on a personal level and uh, hearing their their story and and feeling their passion for one another. What I'm hearing is this is a big wake-up call for Asuelo, something that he should have been doing prior, romancing her, putting her first, showing her love and affection, complimenting her little gifts, spending more time with her. So right now, He's reacting to the situation. He's now, instead of being proactive, he's being reactive and trying to fix everything. But Kalani's kind of has reached her limit at this point, and it's not really getting through. I mean, she is acknowledging she can see that he's making the effort, but, you know, sometimes it's a little too late. I mean, listen, they met. She lost her virginity to him. They had a kid, then they had another kid. These guys didn't get a chance to really relish the romance between each other because, quite frankly, life happened. What is the advice that you would give a couple similar to Kalani and Osuelo? I would tell them to burn it down and build it back up. Ooh. To go back and acknowledge, first, the awareness of what you said. Listen, we did not give this uh, relationship the fair opportunity we should have given it. And then start to kind of build it back up slowly through communication, going back and, and developing that friendship that, you know, probably was never really developed. Yeah, hopefully they're able to mend that. And I also think that some of our listeners have to understand that it doesn't take a big offense like cheating on a partner to lose that romantic feeling. Because sometimes Little moments or microaggressions against your partner can also contribute to losing that loving feeling. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think there's a lot of other elements other than cheating. You know, you want to feel safe with your partner. You want to feel protected. You want to feel like you can tell them things and you can trust that it's going to stay within the relationship or the walls within the home. Honesty 
is a big thing. Lying about little things will start you questioning about the bigger things. Little white lies, you know, where you're at, what time you're coming home. There's a lot of areas that I think would really affect the relationship other than cheating. But one of the most important things is appreciating one another, showing that appreciation on a daily basis, whether that's a phone call, a text message, something that says, I love you, you're on my mind, I'm thinking of you consistently. And it needs to happen on a daily basis. You know that book, Love Languages? Yes, I do. I think that is a a very interesting one because if you know what your love language is and you share that with your partner, then you know that every little thing that they do is for you. Like for me, mine is acts of service. Like you do stuff around the house, I think I'm in love with you. And my husband is much more physical. You know, he's a physical, he's a touch person. I know where we both stand now many years later. But, you know, I think that's something that people should kind of figure out. Absolutely. If you don't know your person's, your intimate partner's love language, you have to question the motives uh, of you being in that relationship. That's fundamental. That's like one-on-one. You got to know those things. And when you do know those things and say if it's different than your love language, then you want to start to compromise. There's an exercise that we do with couples called the art of compromise. And you have your very rigid things and then you have your flexible things. And you got to talk about these things. Like, What are the things that are rigid to me? What are the things that are flexible? And what are the areas that we can compromise with some of those things? So love language is huge. It's a reason why we talk about it a lot. And you're probably going to hear about it a lot more if you're in couples counseling or if you're in a relationship. Learn your partner's love language. Learn it. All right. I also think there's a difference between falling out of love and then facing those temporary challenges that happen in a relationship because life happens, Dr. Jason. Mm. And it doesn't mean that you're falling out of love. Maybe the fantasy has changed just a little bit. Thoughts? I heard this term, unhappily married, the other day, and it really, really just opened up my mind. You know, a lot of couples just think a relationship is going to be happy all the time. There's not going to be any downfall, any dark moments. You have to learn to be unhappily married at at some point. Of course, you want to work to a place where you're happily married and everything is beautiful. But couples that really look at the commitment to each other and look to build something that can stand the elements, the test of time, is what marriage is about. So if you're thinking marriage is going to be beautiful and happy from the start to the finish, Suki, I'm sure you can attest to this, that that's not no. true. It's, it's going to be no. dark days. It's going to be difficult moments. It's going to be trials and tribulations. So to change that perception as far as not always being happy, but working as a team to get to the goal of happiness is what you want to do in a relationship. What would you advise someone whose partner says they're no longer in love with them? I would first find out what were the things that made you fall in love? What were the things that they were doing in the beginning that they stopped doing? Maybe they used to compliment you every day on how beautiful you are, how smart you are, the decision-making was on point. Has that dried up? And I love to ask couples, well, how did you meet? Like, what was that first spark? Why did you want to be with this person? Why did you want to marry this person? What made you decide to pick this person? Of course, who you marry, I think, is the most important decision you can ever make. One of the most important decisions. And therefore, it's important to kind of go back and see what's missing. Somebody who's falling out of love, basically, something is no longer happening or they want something more that they haven't been getting. Sometimes it's not so much the other person. You have to check yourself. It's a matter of your heart. What are you feeling? What are you missing? What are you needing that you're not getting or not communicating to your partner? There's actually another couple that seemingly, well, they can't even engage in couples therapy anymore. And we're talking about Molly and Kelly. 
Out of all the couples at the last resort, their relationship seems to be the most out of step. When the couples are supposed to be touching and bonding during the Kama Sutra therapy, well, they can't even pretend to engage with each other. And Molly tells Kelly that they aren't in love with each other anymore. And while Kelly seems to agree during the session, he ends up storming off and he's really upset. So let's hear what Kelly had to say and then let's discuss Molly and Kelly. Hearing Molly state that she's not in love with me, I feel like an idiot. For a person that you love to tell you they in love with you, nobody wants to hear that. Now I know how she really feels about me and I'm seeing another side of her. That's not the woman I fell in love with. In this case, you got two people who are speaking two different love languages. What's going on with these two? As far as what Kelly heard, it's like a punch in the gut. To be on this resort, to be working, doing couples therapy, and then to hear somebody confirm that they don't love you. Kelly's still optimistic. Molly kind of already is, I'm I'm good. I, I think this has run its course. And the experience I'm seeing, Kelly is really trying. He's He's hoping and he's doing as much as he can. But the connection is not there. Well, you know, Molly has hinted to Kelly that he hasn't been there for her. And she's mentioned how he hasn't helped her in her daily life. But Kelly, these two don't seem to know each other's warning signs or push buttons like you're really pushing me right now. And when you don't notice these signals, when things are going sideways, is this ultimately what happens? In some cases, yes, Suki, it is what happens. They're at different stages of life right now. Kelly, you know, being a retired cop in New York, a very stressful environment. He's retired. He's looking to kind of just relax and enjoy life a little bit. But Molly is, is in that hustle mode. You know, she wants that hustle, hustle, hustle. So I think there's an opportunity for them to understand and appreciate each other at these stages of life. But that's not happening. There's no communication. They're not listening to each other. Somebody would say something, another person would be like, okay, but. I'm like, no, before you say but, can you acknowledge what that person just said? And so there's a lot of overstepping and there's no real connection. Understanding and appreciation, definitely not there. Different stages of life, goals and intentions right now do not align. There's a lot going on with this couple. Great individuals, but there's a lot going on with this as a couple. How can partners engage in healthy conversation about the obvious loss of companionship, which I think they're both struggling with right now? Their communication is poor. Yeah. That is something that is is very apparent. You can hear the frustration in their tone, in their body language, how they address each other. And it's difficult. I've seen couples work through this and come out on the other side. But once again, they're not listening to each other. So the communication is really, really bad. I think that is the first sign or the first element that needs to be restored for this couple to really be able to move into a better place. Take the mask off. Look at yourself. Look at what you brought into this relationship Mm -hmm. and take accountability. Can Molly do that? And can Kelly do that? Because that requires vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah, I think anybody can do it. And you have to look within. You really have to check yourself. And as you said, uh, take accountability. I think that's so huge in this situation. Call yourself out. Admit you're wrong. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to say, I messed up or I saw it this way. You know, maybe their pasts are influencing this relationship, things that they have been through past relationships. It's okay to acknowledge that. It's okay to talk about that. You can be vulnerable, especially when you're talking about intimate relationships. Do you just look at the person and sit with them? I've seen these exercises before, not that I've practiced them, but, you know, it's very uncomfortable where you have to look at somebody and just sit there in silence and like look deep into their eyes. Are these like the exercises that we can do to like restore that connection with each other? Yeah. 
It's it's called soul gazing. And uh, yeah, it? it really works. Yeah. It's really uncomfortable. It, it is. It is. And you see couples start laughing and some may look away, which is an indication of something else deeper that's going on. But yeah, mm-hmm. you, you look at each other for a few minutes, three to five minutes. If you can make it to five minutes, if you make it 10 minutes, even better. But I think a lot of times it's just two simple words. I'm sorry. Forgive me. My bad is a good place to start. One of the other dramas that's been playing out and we've been following is the strip club outing with the 90 Day Boys. They've been planning this and there's been a lot of red flags thrown on this play. I want you to listen to something that Jovi said and see whether it highlights an ability to separate love from sex or a blatant disrespect to the relationship. I messaged the stripper, her name is Jasmine, to find out, you know, where she's working. The past is the past. I'm just, it's a friendly uh, encounter that I'm trying to make happen. So uh, hopefully you are, I won't be jealous. <laughs> Dr. Jason, he messaged a stripper. Mm. I don't even know where to go with that. So a lot to break down, obviously. Jovi's outlook seems to be completely opposite of that of Kalani. He seems to be totally okay with reaching out to a stripper that he had sex with. What are we dealing with? Especially because he knows that Yara is going to be upset. Mm. That is a level of comfortability that uh, I I would definitely question when it comes to Jovi, just feeling so comfortable enough to do that. To be married, uh, to have children, you just can't make decisions based off of what you're feeling. I just feel like he's able to separate things. He's like, yeah, I had sex with her. I'm just going to call her. It's no big deal because I love my wife and I love my kid and I've moved on and this is just me reaching out to someone. So how is he able to compartmentalize this and the rest of the world (laughs) not able to? Once again, I think it's going back to almost the situation with Klein and Swaley where it's physical. There's nothing emotional. So that probably allows him to enter into that space. But what if Yara did the same thing? (laughs) What if Yara reached out to a guy who she had sex with to hang out with and go see? I'm pretty sure Jovi would not be cool with that. You know, we all remember when Jovi took Yara to the strip club during the 90 Day Fiance episode where she ended up slapping him across the face. Now, what does Jovi's pattern of repeating this behavior and action that he actually knows that Yara doesn't like tell us about his character? What do you see, Dr. Jason? I I see somebody that hasn't learned from the past that definitely has found a way to separate the incidents. They have no connection and they should obviously be connected. I mean, you have an element of a strip club, a stripper, the unhappiness with that environment. It should have been a connection there. So that's something that we have to look a little bit deeper in a joke as far as what is he thinking? Why would he think that this will be okay and that it would not cause a problem between him and Yara? Can you be platonic friends with people you've had sex with? Is that possible? And can it create problems in your future relationships? Well, the, the first part of the question, if you're not in a relationship, yeah, it is possible to remain, keep some type of friendship, even though you've had a sexual encounter before. But if you're in a relationship, that's a whole different story now, especially if you're married. There should be no space for that. There should be some boundaries established in the beginning where you do not allow that to even become a reality. So with couples and relationship, absolutely not. Past relationships need to stay where they are in the past. Hypothetical, if you had sex with a person who's now then becomes your friend and then can you introduce them to your new person who's in a relationship? Because maybe that's how Jovi sees it too. Like, yeah, this was somebody that I knew in my past and had a liaison with, but, you know, Yara's Yara. She's my wife. It's uh, it's going to come down to the strength of that relationship. Can that Got relationship it. stand that storm that's coming? 
can it stand and and you know and hold up and stay erect uh, in that moment? You know, and, and we're going to go back to that foundation of how it was built. When you have constant disrespect in a relationship, I feel like you devalue the relationship over time. Thoughts on that? Yeah, the disrespect is one thing, but when you fail to apologize for the disrespect or you fail to make the changes and move in another direction, I think it really does place emphasis on how much do I value this person? How much is this relationship important to me and how do I value it? So uh, disrespect over a long period of time can definitely be a warning sign that something is very damaged within a relationship. And that comes back to the whole thing that you were talking about, communication, communication, communication. Yes. Why do we stop ourselves from communicating with the person we love? Why do we not follow through when we know inherently what they're doing to us is hurting us? Pride, ego, the lack of vulnerability. Communication can be such a bridge to build a beautiful future. When you think of everything that's ever been built or done or planned, it came through some form of communication. And when we work with couples in couples therapy, we're looking to restore the pillars that support this relationship. And the main pillar is communication. Without communication, conflict resolution, partner style and habits, relationship roles, all these things don't really matter because communication is the vessel that all these other areas can be fixed or improved. So... Communication is so important. And if couples can just learn the basic skills of communication, any and every relationship can be fixed and restored and healed. I think that's a tool right there. You said basic skills of communication. Yes. How do we start? The first thing that we want to help couples is to be assertive. Assertiveness is is huge. Clearly state what you want in the relationship, and we do it by using I statements. Try to avoid beginning a, a conversation with you. You never, you always, you do this. You're putting the other person in a defensive position. So you want to be very assertive. You want to say, I like it when you do this. I don't like it when you do this. I need you to understand this. So that's the first thing is assertiveness. And then we move into active listening, where you actually repeat what is stated. Basically, you take what's being heard and you say it back for clarity. Before you respond, this gives you a chance to really take in and listen to what the person's saying. But it's a sign of respect. If you start repeating what people say to you, you're telling that person, I respect what you said so much. I'm going to say it back to you for clarity. I love that. I think that's something that's really practical that we could all use in our relationships right now to give us a little bit more clarity on what may be the bigger issues that we're really trying to to solve here. That is a very fair statement. Right on. All right, Dr. Jason, it's time for this week's letter. And this week's letter is coming from our listener, Jean. Take a listen to her issue, which is really talking about what we've been talking about, restoring value in our relationship. Take it away, Jean. Hi, I was seeing this guy pretty regular to the point where he was staying nice with me. He had even met my children. The last time that I saw him, he said that he would be back the next day. A couple of days later, he went Facebook official with someone else. After about a month, he messaged me saying that he'd been thinking about me and asked how I was doing. They broke up about a week after that. He tried to come back to me like nothing had happened. I can't get over it, and I feel like he ruined everything. I was completely heartbroken, and I said nothing to him about my feelings or about his other relationship. He had my complete trust, and now I feel like I could never trust him again. 
Do you think that people make mistakes and deserve a second chance? Ooh, a lot to parcel out there, Dr. Jason. Ooh, yeah. What do you hear with what Gene just shared with us? Yes, first of all, people obviously make mistakes. I've made a bunch of them in my life, and I'm sure everyone has. We all have, Gene. We all have, Gene. We're all, we've all been down that road. And yes, people deserve second chances. Once again, I've been given multiple second chances to get things right, and I'm grateful for those second chances. But we have to learn from our mistakes. We just cannot keep repeating the same mistakes. Jean is hurting. She's upset. Obviously, sex with her is not just a physical act. Well, he met her children. Yeah. I feel like that's that's a big one right there, Dr. Jason. Well, yeah, there's a deeper connection. That's what I was just saying. Like, he's probably looking at it as just a physical connection. But to her, for a parent to allow somebody to meet their kids, that's a different space you've entered into. And uh, working with so many women, I've heard this before. If I'm not emotionally there, I'm not having sex with this person. I need to feel it emotionally. If we're arguing, we're fighting, we're not in a good place, I'm not going to feel it sexual. We're not having sex. So for her, there's a deeper connection. And... It may be possibly that this guy had other options. He probably was talking to this person while he was sleeping with her. They're keeping things on the side and just in case. So that may be the situation we're we're dealing with here. But Jean didn't think that she was a side chick. You know, she thought there was a lot more going on. You know, you get to meet my children. Obviously, this person didn't understand how momentous that is when somebody lets you into that space where their children dwell. And maybe this is a person who doesn't have children. I don't know. But then the fact that he says that he's in a relationship and then posts it on Facebook for her to see, and that's how she hears about that. And then weeks later, he tries to get back with her. Can we piece that apart, Dr. Jason? Come on. Yeah, she she would probably be wise to not get back into that relationship. But we got to stop looking at what we hope people to be and we got to start looking at what they're showing us. We got to look at the evidence that's there. And a lot of times we're not. We're just like, well, this person might. No, pay attention to what exactly happened. He said he was going to come back the next day or next night or whatever, and he disappears. The next thing you find out, he's in a relationship. That is betrayal. That is just dishonest. You can communicate that. Maybe if he would have communicated that, hey, listen, I'm sorry. I'm in, a, I'm in a tough place right now. I'm thinking about doing this relationship. I'm sorry it didn't work out. You know, if he was a man about it and did it that way, then I can see her getting into a space where she might reconsider. But the way he did it, uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's something she wants to revisit. And also, you mentioned you got to trust what you're seeing. You got to trust his actions. And you got to trust what you're feeling because she actually said, I feel like I could never trust him again. And that he broke her heart. She feels heartbroken. But she didn't feel like it was a safe enough place to communicate that to him. Yeah. I think Jean knows what she needs to do. And I think you need to let people know how they've made you feel. It's not only so much for you, it's for them. To know that they just can't walk over people, hurt people, lie to people, be dishonest, and just think it's going to be okay. Now, I do have a saying that I use all the time where focus goes, energy flows. And I think you have to pick and choose what you give your energy to. But this is something that affected you. You should be able to speak that, speak your displeasure with his actions, and be okay with that and not have to, you know, hide or keep that under wraps. I think she should definitely let him know how she feels. But if she makes that decision to enter into that space again, as you said, boundaries, boundaries, and more boundaries. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And Gene, thank you so much for sharing that letter because there's a lot of people who are in that similar situation that find out on social media that all of a sudden 
someone's in a relationship that you thought you were having a relationship with, and it is not a good feeling. Dr. Jason Pendergrass helping us figure out what happens when our love is gone. On the next and final 90-day last resort sessions, Dr. Jason is back, and so are Dr. Janie and Petey. All of our 90-day therapists will be here with me to preview the finale of 90-day The Last Resort, which couple will survive, and who will be parting ways. I'm Sukanya Krishnan. You can call me Suki, and I just want to say thanks so much for listening. The 90-day The Last Resort Sessions is produced by TLC and Sony Music Entertainment. TLC and WBD executive producers are Cameron Curtis, Margaret Kelly, The executive producers are Sarita Wesley, Jasmine Henley-Brown. Senior producers are Medina Perwana, and our producer for this episode is Samara Lenga, and our associate producer is Jade Abdul-Malik. Engineering is done by Sam Baer, and our production manager is Tamika Balance-Kalasny. 